Hello there, ladies and gentlemen and podcast fans. We're here with your favorite podcast host, Barbara Bray. Hello there, Mom. Hi, Andrew. Gosh, I love that when you say Mom. <laughs> I I just think we're so lucky. I've had a lot of people say, I love these intros with you and your son. And then when they, at one point, I got to introduce you to some of my friends in person and they were like, oh my gosh, he's even better in person. <laughs> <laughs> I like, uh, maybe that's what we got in common. Um, is everyone's just so excited to meet you. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> oh, speaking of which, um, I'm going to segue right into our next conversant guest is somebody that you've known for quite some time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you know this person? Oh, Robert Martellacci. Robert and I have been friends, gosh, it's probably 25 years. I met Robert and ISTE. It's uh, that International Society of Technology and Education. I don't even remember where. And we were walking and we started talking. And that's the beginning of this wonderful relationship. He's he's an amazing person in Canada. He's very internationally known. He has um, Mindshare Learning, Mindshare TV, a podcast, TV show, newsletter that is just connects people all over the world. And I've met so many people through Robert. And I saw him at ISTE and went to a party and he invited us to, and oh, he's just amazing. Did you, did you say that he has a, a TV studio in a mall? Or, I, I think that's what it is because uh, when he, we were talking, <laughs> he had me on his show and, um, I just said, wow, this is so cool what you're doing. And, he, and then he told me that. And I said, this is, he's just so creative and innovative. And people, um, when you say Robert's name, everyone goes, oh, you know him too. Oh my gosh, isn't he fantastic? So I I just want people to know a lot about him and all the things that he's doing and be able to connect with him because Robert is the person to know. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) With that, everybody stay tuned for the conversation with the two people to know, Barbara Bray and Robert Martellacci. (laughs) I am really happy that I have someone here that I've known a really long time. Hi, Robert. It's Robert Martellacci. Robert Bray, thank you for having me today. You know, I'm so excited because we've been talking about, you know, getting together on my virtual porch for a long time, and we haven't done it because, I mean, I started thinking about how long we've known each other. It's got to be at least probably in the 20-year range. I've had you on my podcast. You've come up to Canada and attended our Canadian Ed Tech Summit in Vancouver. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. So I'm honored and grateful to be here today. Well, you know, we're like really good friends and and it was just fun to even give you another hug at ISTE. So on that note, I want my audience to know a little bit about you first. So I'm going to boast about you. Is that okay? Sure. You're going to make me blush. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I can see see Robert. So it's cool. I'd love to make him blush. Okay. So here goes. 
Robert Martellacci is founder and president of the international award-winning Mindshare Learning Technology. And that's how I've known you for 20, it's been 20 years too, right? When you started. Yeah. 20th anniversary of Mindshare after working for Kevin O'Leary and launching his little startup. No, 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 don't tell oh. it. No, 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 no. That's a quote. We're going to talk about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to, you wait, because I want to surprise people about that. Because you I'm, just I'm told- so used to being the interviewer. So I know. Be patient. <laughs> be patient. And well, don't worry about it. Everyone's going to love this because you have so much. It, it's it's going to be hard to put it in one podcast. You know that. <laughs> so let me tell them a little bit more. Sure. Robert's a champion for igniting student success to help all students thrive through innovative solutions and partnerships in Canadian schools. You also put out the most wonderful newsletter, that Mindshare Learning. And we're going to talk about that too. But every time I get it, I go... Oh my goodness. I was going to do a newsletter. I'm embarrassed now. This is so good. (laughs) We can talk. We can talk after this. All right. Often referred to as the connector, Robert specializes in forging mutually beneficial partnerships between education and technology solution providers. Boy, that took a lot for me to get that out. But that was... <laughs> well, you're a new grandmother, so, you know... Today! Just, yes, congratulations. <laughs> I just found out my son had his son, and so I have a new... I'm a new grandma, so, yeah. That is so exciting, and I'm so happy for you. Well, that just... That's not what we're going to talk about, but yes, that happened, and I'm very excited. But I, I've been... You and I... Um, I was really lucky to see you again at ISTE and come to your uh, get-together and see some of my friends from Coquitlam and some other new folks that I've met in Canada. And you know people all over the world. It's just amazing. You know, uh, when you're passionate about what you're doing and you want to make a greater impact, I could have stayed at York University where I was... You know, I had been the sport information director, studied sport management, loved being in sport. It was insane. I had 45 teams I managed from a PR game management team travel perspective. Wow. And and this was pre-internet, Barbara. Oh, I, you know, so, I think I'm older than you. I, I you know, I, remember, I, elect, remember Electroset? Like yes. To make a <laughs> <laughs> so, so I segued over to the, business side of the university is director of the business alliance yeah, because eight i couldn't you know i was burnt out after eight years i couldn't sustain that and to mm-hmm. have a family mm-hmm. you you could not do that role it was it, you know between august and march it was just seven days a week pretty much and uh so that's how i got connected to kevin o'leary's good buddy who was chair of our board and Ended up launching the learning company. Okay, now wait a minute. Yeah. You ju- you keep jumping ahead. I got to stop you because I'm trying to. What I want to do is yeah, tell me is start with your why, the big picture, because I'm yeah. doing define your why now. And when you started talking about passion, and then we'll get back to Kevin O'Leary because that was too sure. Cool. Um, what is your why right now? My why right now is really about uh, connecting industry and education and, and, you know, best products to make the greatest impact 
to support student success. And you sure do that. Stop. You sure do that. And that is amazing. So now we'll go back. I want to get the background, kind of how you got into this, just like you were telling, yeah. because it's like, even when you were telling me the story before about you being younger, and then you went into, you had the sports, the hockey, the all of that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, you know, I didn't find my passion till third year university uh, when I ran into a friend of mine and uh, we were talking and she was off to um, her sport course class. And I said, <laughs> what is that? I've never yeah. heard of that sport administration. So I said, you know, I was in economics, not really enjoying being a commuter student at York. And then I looked into this program and it was at like a TSN turning point, sport network turning point for me, where I discovered my passion. I played hockey and, and really, you know, my skills, you know, as sport information director doing PR game management, promotion, team travel, like talk about, you know, 21st century skills. It was uh, it challenged me in every possible way just to survive the job. Wow. You know, I didn't and know you the did energy that. required. And the energy required was immense because you were dealing with elite athletes, elite coaches with elite expectations. So, uh, and to this day, I, I just finished playing lunchtime hockey because it really, uh, ingrained in me the importance of healthy, active living. And uh, that growth mindset was really instilled uh, in me. And, you know, my the former president of the university, Ian McDonald, who recruited me to the faculty hockey team, up until last year, he, he was still playing. He retired at 92. Oh, wow. So... You know, you need role models, you need mentors. And I've been fortunate to have many role models and mentors along the way. And I have a board of advisors as well for my Mindshare Learning Company. And, you know, sadly, we lost Dr. Greg Malzecki, who was on my board. He was the professor of the year at York. His colleagues didn't like him because he was so popular. Why, Barbara, why did they like him so much? Because he cared about his students. He developed relationships with his students. And we did project-based learning. Wow. Wow. Like, yeah. he was a rock star. One of my assignments was go interview a former high-profile athlete. So I, a buddy of mine, his dad was the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I interviewed a legendary Johnny Bauer. Hall of Fame goalie in the stands of the stadium where they played, and he was a goalie coach, retired. And Johnny Bauer didn't make the NHL till he was in his 30s, 35, actually. He toiled in the minors many years. And I said to Mr. Bauer, I said, because I had my script, like you have yours, we have our scripts when we do our interviews. I had my portable cassette recorder with me. This was in university. I was like a reporter. I, you know, it was so cool. <laughs> and uh, that was maybe the start of my podcast career, you know, that I didn't realize was going to happen. But I said, Mr. Bauer, did you always wonder, like, did you ever wonder if you were ever going to make it at 35? And he said, you know, 
I always believed I would make it. You know, so here I am at, you know, as a big season baby boomer. And maybe, maybe go recruit me one day. The Leafs struggled to get past first round of the playoffs. I have a lot of experience to offer them right now. Wow. You You could do anything. (laughs) It's that growth mindset. Yeah. I play three times a week. One of my high school teachers wrote in my yearbook, the only sign of life is growth and drew a little flower. Oh, I got to write that down. That's beautiful. I am like, what the heck is this teacher telling me? I read that over and over for years. I'm like, why? Why did she write that? But again, that was instilling the growth mindset. Yeah. Wow. Teachers don't realize the power of their words and the impact they make. We all have teachers that we can name off the top of our tongue, the top of our head that impacted us, that we loved. And there's always those qualities. It's, it's always the same qualities. It's they about, cared about they us. They cared about us. And... They challenged us. Mm-hmm. You know, the, Dr. Greg Malzecki, you know, until, and, you know, he he embraced me uh, because I cared about him and, and we really connected and he was fascinated by my startup company, the learning company at the time and what we did. And, um, yeah, so to this day, I, I still, you know, embrace that growth mindset and, and balance, right? We, we are all challenged to do more. And if you don't stay active and get outdoors and go for walks or runs or I rollerblade besides playing <laughs> hockey. Okay. Because I'm trying to preserve my joints. A little don't fall. Board, <laughs> a little tip, don't run rollerblade because you preserve your joints the pounding is not great for you oh my gosh you gotta get a picture of you and your rollerblades (laughs) i'll send you one okay we've got to put that up that's really i do selfies to inspire people yeah (laughs) to to get out there because it's important well what i love what you're saying is is it all about the relationships and when if teachers realize because teachers are struggling right now um, yeah. and many have been reaching out to me and I'm sure to you also, yeah. and some are burning out and I'm thinking, wow, we need our own self-care and self-care. it should be built in. So all of us are kind of doing this together with our kids, you know, like we yeah. model it also. Yeah. You have to model and we modeled at our summit and we had the, you know, two sessions of these fun little activities that got the blood flowing and, you know, energized the delegates. And that was at the Can-Am Summit that you just had. Canadian, Is that what you- it was at the 13th Canadian Ed Tech Leadership 13th? Summit. 13th. Oh, my God. In Montreal, in partnership with the number one ranked university in research in Canada. We're so honored to partner with McGill's uh, Faculty of Education. They announced uh, an Ed Tech office that they've created. And they put the, the stake in the ground that they're going to really focus on this area. They had a newly renovated learning commons and breakout rooms that really painted a picture for the school and classroom of the future. Mm. And we did hybrid. We delivered it in hybrid way, which was a little. I do not recommend when you're emceeing an event to be running the technology too. Like I tried to do it all, you know, it was just too much, too <laughs> much. Like, that's why you're playing hockey. Cause you need a break. 
You need a break. Uh, so we we talked about the learning company and you mentioned yeah. Kevin O'Leary. Okay, tell my audience what you're talking about. Cause it, yeah. And you know, I never knew this about you until you yeah, told me. It's a little interesting trivia. The crazy guy on Shark Stank, Mr. Wonderful, uh, is a Torontonian and he started a company with uh, a buddy of his called Soft Key Software Products. And he was really into mergers and acquisitions. So he saw an opportunity to aggregate all these companies. He, you know, Learning Company was a brand. Uh, we had uh, Mac. We had... Uh, oh, you had Mac? Yeah, we had Mac. River. Uh, well, what it, then all of this became River Deep, but we had... Uh, Oregon Trail, yeah. the Trail Series. I used to teach that. That's <laughs> yeah. Odell Lake and all of yeah. that. We yeah, Pennsylvania Deluxe. We had uh, there. There were some. We had Broderbun. We we acquired Broderbun. Oh my god! Broderbun Skills Bank. Uh, skills to became Skills Tutor. We had the Canada Geograph, the Geograph Series, Met. The Mac products from Minnesota required those. Cyber Patrol, I can go on and on, but we had a dozen acquisitions in 18 months. I guess that's before we met. And my head was spinning. And I was, you know, so I launched the Canadian business, the school business unit as country manager from scratch. It was truly a startup. And what an incredible opportunity experience. So when it was all said and done in 99, we were sold to Mattel. So my kids, my twins were like five. My daughter was like three. So we got all these wonderful toys and Mattel was going to take the company to a new level. We became the largest global player. We we had, uh, we did the first uh, virtual tour of Mayan, Maya Quest live. In 1998, we did um, MyQuest Live. I have to tell you. Yeah. I was part of that. You were part of that. MyQuest. I did that when I was yeah. working with Oakland Unified and we yeah. did that because <laughs> I was working with the social studies teachers. Oh, my God. How far ahead of the curve were we when we did oh, that? Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was like, dial-up internet. Well, we were part of this uh, core values grant. Just yeah. came out in '98. It was a five-year grant that I helped write, so I was yeah, and, good for you. And it was working with the um, fourth through no, let's see, fourth through eighth grade social studies language arts teachers. That's and, incredible. And that was my request. I might even yeah. have some of the literature here. <laughs> so we had Yukon Trail. I wanted to do a live trail. I wanted to actually participate in that one because that was kind of cool yeah but we so we became the largest ed tech company which it wasn't known as ed tech back then no it was pre-ed tech so we were sold to mattel and it was how shall i say so we the deal closed in uh september 99 with mattel i ended up being the first employee integrated because you were five minutes from my house the canadian office they, they put a they had a big beautiful basket of toys asked me how old my kids were uh that was really warmly welcomed i addressed the whole group 
talking right. about company. They were so excited, but toys and that tech didn't go hand in hand at that time. Mm. A year later, it was a disaster. They resold, they paid 3.6 billion US. Tux University did a case study, brilliant, insightful, very detailed. We were sold for $300 million. They oh did a write down of over 3 billion. Jill Burrard, the darling of Wall Street, the CEO of Mattel, didn't deserve to be fired. It wasn't her alone that made that decision. And they felt because, uh, was it Edmark went into, or Hasbro had software, they had Edmark. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to compete and thought, well, we'll buy the big 2,000 pound gorilla. Mm -hmm. It decimated. And then, so the deal closed, March 2000, dot com crash. Yeah. So it was uh, like a double disaster. It was, yeah. So, so many ed techs failed during that period. Yeah. I almost feel like right now we're in an era where there's been an explosion of ed tech companies. And now, you know, our, the theme of our summit was the state of ed tech in Canada driving innovation through evidence based research. It was really about where's, What's working? So we're creating a, a Canadian ed tech pandemic uh, preparedness or crisis preparedness playbook. Oh, we need as that. As an outcome from the summit. Oh, I want to see to Prepare it. for the next crisis. In yeah. fact, I'm talking to McGill about doing a PhD focused on this very topic. I wouldn't mind being part of that. I t- I mean, you know, I love this kind of research and I'd like to look at what I'd like to look at is the marginalized communities and what's yeah. happened to them. I mean, I live in Oakland and, and there's, you know, that. Well, what, what you'll find interesting was my closing keynote previously won one of my startup challenges several years ago, hmm. uh, paper learning. Oh yeah. And, yeah. He, Bill Cutler talked about his story and how we were part of that story and mentoring him and being an accelerator for his growth. And he ended up coming down to California because he failed in Canada. Nobody was embracing the concept of equitable tutoring. <laughs> but someone in a superintendent in California embraced it. Uh, it was a Compton area. And then the pandemic hit. I just saw on, I just shared it with him. He was her closing keynote. I visited his offices last Friday. What's his name? Phil Cutler. Yeah. They, oh, I know they, Phil they, Cutler. They reached unicorn status. They they landed LA Unified. Look, check that. Now your, your listeners won't see that, but on CNN this morning, huh. I shared, shared this with him. Education in America, expert, high the expert said high dosage tutoring is an effective tool for learning loss. And that's exactly what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw about that too. Also. So they, yeah. they reached unicorn status. Hmm. They've won LA unified Tennessee as a state, multiple districts, and uh, they're valued at over a billion dollars in seven years. Wow. Wow. And really at the end of the day, and, and the ed techs will tell you, and the teachers need to know this, that we're not doing this because we want to achieve unicorn status. That's a result of making a greater impact. 
the greater the impact you make on the lives of teachers and students and stakeholders, the more you will be rewarded. And that's really what it's about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's really not all about us. I mean, we're no. part of this, but, but we can also sh- see my thing is sharing the stories. I, your story. I mean, I've known you a long time. <laughs> Yeah. But every time I talk to you, you start telling me things. I'm like, really? Well, I, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? am working on a book. I am working on a book. I know you are. We're going to have, let's talk about that. Yeah. Do you want to talk but, about that now or you want to? Well, I was going to say, you know, in, in terms of what you learn about me is that it's not a direct path. No. Mm-mm. It's not a direct path. You know, I'm on my third career. I mean, I start, I started in sport management and recreation which I love. And it's mm-hmm. been part of my life. My kids, uh, you know, were all athletic and still are. So they, you know, it's that healthy, active living mm-hmm. balance. And, and they're very successful that the concept of being part of a team, the best leaders I know, the best leaders I know all had a sport or recreation background mm-hmm. uh, that were active. Right. Um, and w- one of the, the leaders that I met at Erdy uh, this summer, I have to tell you, you know, about the growth mindset, real inspiring. And I can't remember his name, but he was the superintendent of Minnetonka, Minnesota, I think it was. Yeah. 55 years as a superintendent. As I looked across the table in the session, I'm like, this guy, I don't know how old he is, but he's really old, right? And I asked him afterwards, you know, how many years were you, Superintendent, he said, 55 years as a superintendent. So I do want to do a podcast with him. Oh, yeah. I I said to him, I I think his name was Larry. What was your secret to longevity in this career? And he said, every day I went into the office and I asked myself, what could I do better? Oh. Does it get any simpler than that, Barb? Well, I, I think that's what we all need on our wall. I mean, every morning, smile, breathe, and what can I do better? <laughs> because I'm going to put that know. slogan up on my workspace wall. Because yeah, I think, I, yeah, I, right? I have a place like what right here. What can I do better today? And I'm going to put him down mm-hmm. as quoted from mm-hmm. and and his age and what he was. Well, but because Yeah, send it, to, send it to me and I'll, I, I put everything out on Twitter. So let's just share and, his life. And I know you do and so do I. I mean, <laughs> it's a great community to uh, sharing tool, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, social media does help and it does, but, it, but it's the real people. And that's why I like learning about you and being able to talk because Twitter is, you know, just 280 characters and you're doing it really quick and you're, you're not really getting in for deep. Sure. And so for me to have these conversations and know m- more about you, I mean, we were going to talk a lot, a lot more. I mean, there's you, a lot you about you. If I wanted to talk about... What we well, the Mindshare Learning, when it's the 20th anniversary. Yes. 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 And just mention a little bit about what you do with sure. that. Sure, you yeah. know. And your podcast. Kevin, Kevin is an entrepreneur, O'Leary, who's now on Shark Tank. And he talks very highly of the learning company days. There were great moments, but you need to dig deeper because it wasn't all peaches and cream. Mm-hmm. You know, our share options were worthless when we left because oh, wow. 
the company got decimated. It was a bad acquisition by Mattel. So there's some real lessons learned there. And um, so he inspired me to start my own company. I'd gone from being the top world's largest leading ed tech company, you know, nationally uh, running the operation from starting from scratch. I did that for three years. And then um, I had an opportunity to segue out of Mattel because I, I saw the ship sinking very quickly. And then I launched Mindshare. And uh, initially, I guess my deep insight around, you know, the industry, the market, uh, and having a national and international lens because we were global. So I, I spent a lot of time in the U.S. It w- I was a rare breed. So I had the confidence to say, you know what? I'm going to, and my kids were young. So I made it work for me. I started consulting. So I was able to coach them in hockey, pick them up at school, come home. I was doing the hybrid office, home office back in the uh, early 2000s. You know, you and I, that's what I did. I I had written some projects and and grants and found that, I'm better at supporting teachers. I'm better as a coach. And so yeah. I started a coaching business and I ended up with a lot of, a big team of coaches, which was great. Right. But the thing that's I mean, interesting is that it's a new type of entrepreneur that wasn't there. It was you and I, and maybe a few others. No. Now the, it's a gig economy. It, it really is. And one of the courses that we created, believe it or not, because we see such a demand, is EdTech as a career option. So we actually created a micro-credential, and we're looking to partner with likely McGill University to offer this course for teachers, mainly gathering to teachers, because I really see the value in a teacher becoming an EdTech leader because of the pedagogical expertise. I see occasionally startups that they be they were passionate about education probably didn't have a great experience and want to make an impact but they have no one with pedagogical expertise and you okay. spin your wheels you have hunches but you don't know concisely the way the workflow goes and the needs and the pedag you know the curriculum the nuances there are a lot of nuances it's complex well one of the things you brought up earlier when we we first started was the one thing that um, we're finding, especially with COVID, is that we need to build back that caring, Mm -hmm. that modeling compassion and empathy and being able to build the relationships and create a culture that everyone cares about each other. And there was a push, you know, with learning loss that they started saying, no, we don't have time for that. And we lost some kids because they didn't Mm -hmm. want, they felt like they weren't heard. They felt like, so I'm hoping that in this new, when you develop this ed tech course is that they put in a lot of, how do you develop the relationships so you can do this in any kind of environment, any hybrid, they didn't know how to do it. They had kids turn the, my, I've talked to kids and they were saying, yeah, they, they have us turn off our, you know, our, our video. So there was no connection. Yeah. And a lot of kids, you know, uh, Phil Cutler will tell you that early on when he, and he was a graduate of the faculty of ed at McGill 
and taught briefly. But when they started their tutoring platform, they thought, oh, kids want to see you. And then, yeah. no, they don't want to see you. They just want, they don't want to see you. Ah. They don't actually want the tutors to develop a relationship for obvious reasons. Mm. And it's just, it's all about, you know, problem solving. Wow. Which is interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Cause I, I would think just the opposite. It's, it's counterintuitive. Yeah. I, well, maybe, but that's, to me, that would be good research. Why? And ask the kids, do, do a big study. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So coming back to the learning company, initially I was doing consulting mm-hmm. strategy, working with companies like research machines out of the UK. This is as simple as it was how I connected with them. I had gone, I was part of the ASP consortium application <laughs> service provider was which is the cloud today, mm-hmm. back 20 years ago plus. Wow. And I was on a tour. I went to research machines in Abingdon, England, near Oxford. Very cool. Presented there. I met, I met NECC, which became ISTE, and Chicago. And I see this guy kind of moping around, looking out of place. I look at his badge, and his, he's got RM from the UK. And I introduced myself to Graham Moody and Graham... <laughs> Graham and I became instant friends because he felt comfortable, right? Wow. Knowing that somebody knew they existed in North America. And I did a five-year consulting stint out of that connection. Yeah. You know, that's when I think I'm, because I knew I was part of Nick. Yeah. And I think you were telling me that story. Yeah. Was it 20 years ago or something? I mean, I, Crazy, it is true. amazing. I mean, but I think that it, the, the being a connector like you are, yeah. You've opened doors for me. I didn't know certain people. And then thank you. And yeah. and oh my gosh, it's it, all about the people that Yeah, it, it is. And it's about paying forward. I mean, we have our Can Am event. It's an open mm-hmm. event. I don't charge anyone that bring in education and industry leaders together. Mm-hmm. And I know there's many, many partnerships that are forged. I should ask people to share. Yeah. a story about that because they don't they, maybe i'll be more mindful of that in the future even our summits you know uh, case in point mcgill launching the tech tech office they have meetings with apple and and um a bunch of other companies smart and other companies they want to forge partnerships so mm-hmm. we're the we're the instigators in this and so i went from consulting and then I did, I wanted to augment my skills. I did a master's in learning technology at Pepperdine in Malibu <laughs> when I was in my 40s. And my wife's like, you want to go to Malibu, California to do a master's degree? <laughs> it was primarily online, but she, you know, she thought it was going through my kind of midlife crisis, which, which <laughs> it, wasn't. it wasn't bad though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, I haven't hit my midlife. So I, you know, I'm working on my midlife crisis. Um, <laughs> but uh, so transformational, it mm-hmm. was, first of all, world-class mm-hmm. professors, students, there's something about being on the coast. And I think you'll agree that the environment, just like the environment we create for our, at our co-working space, which I'll talk about later, uh, another innovation we came up with because it wasn't busy enough, but the inspiration to launch the report, the Mindshare report, the inspiration to launch a, a conference came from my uh, challenge at Pepperdine to, when we graduated, to change the world. <laughs> and I'd never done so well in school because I was really 
excited to be in the program and passionate about what I was doing. Very strategic. I was laser focused on augmenting my skills for my company specifically. And now when I look at the opportunity at McGill to do my PhD, it's, you know what? We came out of this pandemic. We went into it terribly with a lot of uh, lack of preparedness. I want to dig deeper into the research, Mm -hmm. what worked, look at disaster plans, preparedness at cities. My wife is city clerk in Mississauga. They meet monthly and they have a disaster preparedness plan. School districts might have had redundancy plan for their servers. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're in a tornado prone or hurricane, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but generally speaking, they were building the plane as they flew it. Teachers were learning, getting professional, learning how to use apps that mm. while they were teaching, it was not elegant, but it was crisis learning. So I want to smooth that process out. I want to make a contribution. And, and I think I'm going to do a North America global scan. And I've got people like Dr. Tracy Burns I can connect with and yourself and other experts to say, are you aware of any research or anyone that did anything around this in the past? Yeah. My sense is not a whole lot, but it but it's about relatability. So mm-hmm. looking at other sectors that have plans in place, right? And there's actually a disaster preparedness conference that used to be hosted at York University, my alma mater and former employer. So that's something I might attend to get inspiration and ideas, but we need to do a better job in preparing for the next crisis. And maybe getting FEMA involved and some other, yeah. you know, there's some. Yeah. And, Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Public health departments because yeah. of so, COVID uh, it, it takes and, a digital village to raise a child in the 21st century, I like to say. I think it's to raise us. Yeah. I mean, I think this idea of getting us back to this growth mindset and not look at, I mean, the, it does feel like the chicken little and the world's, you know, the sky's falling. I know yeah. that, but we, but we have to have some hope and we have to have some way that we can support our kids. So they have we that need, hope. We need hope. Hope. Mm-hmm. If you don't have hope, you don't have anything really. So you'd have this nonprofit is that yes. right? And isn't that a kind of this idea of what you're doing? Uh, it's kind of around that. It's a it's C21 Canada. And is that your new book? No, this yeah. is uh, one of our, we, we produce a number of publications. We, we, we came up with the seven C's, the skills, uh, it, it kind of uh, equivalent to P21 in the U.S., but with a twist. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we did the seven C's. We produced the shifting systems um, document, spirals of inquiry playbook. We did a pandemic playbook. Really? Uh, wow. we, we created a number of publications in collaboration. So we um, created the CEO Academy of District Superintendents. So we curate a conversation monthly and we pick an issue, whether it's well-being or technology integration uh, coming out of the pandemic, how are you grappling with that? Or teacher shortages was one of the questions. How are yeah. you dealing with that? Yeah. So the crowdsourcing on a national scale on Zoom, we have about 30 leaders 
that share and problem solve together because they're pretty mm-hmm. isolated. When you're a leader at the top, in the big chair, it's pretty isolating. Yeah, I love this. So we also yeah. create a CIO alliance. So we have our board of advisors, the not-for-profit. We have the CIO alliance. We created the CIOs because there was a disconnect between the superintendent CEOs and the CIOs. They become integral to the smooth running of a school district, especially, you know, coming into the pandemic and beyond. So I curate that. And we had Peter Singh, the, the CIO of the Toronto District School Board, who is chairing that board. And he spoke at the summit. So we had the, as you know, we have the Cross Canada checkup panel. We have the fireside chat. We have the startup challenge. We have a number of elements that we incorporate in our summits, like the one we just had in Montreal. It's pretty action-packed. It's intense, but nobody really brings a form together involving industry and education leaders at the table, right? Where you can interact seamlessly, not like going to ISTE or FETC. We're in the sessions together because my philosophy is, we're building solutions for this for education. Let's work together and connect. And people are very respectful and mindful and a value. And, and, and you know, the faculty of education was fascinated to experience this in their new space for the first time, first event where we brought leaders from the stakeholder community together. They've never seen that. The faculty members were fascinated. Wow. I mean, I'm just looking at... Yeah, because of the synergy, uh, right? Everything you're doing, and you're also... An, is it designing inspirational learning spaces? Is that part of it too? Or Yeah, so because... So I, I was able to establish Mindshare for a number of years at York because of... The dean of the Faculty of Education, I was on the, the Institute for Tech and Learning uh, Advisory Board. They had that extra office space. So they said, set up here. We launched our summit there. And I ran our business there for five years. Great synergy. Then they needed the space back. So I'm like, okay, now what am I going to do? So I had one of my guys, Paul Soar, who was uh, alumni, ex-hockey player, who was you know working for me on a grant program. I said, Paul, start a Google Doc, the Mindshare workspace. (laughs) (laughs) So we did a Google Doc. We did research on co-working. Then we did a PowerPoint. (laughs) And I visited the Steelcase showroom. Oh, I love them. (laughs) So I put images of the classroom, the boardroom, the offices, this is what we're going to create in the shopping mall. Do they give you the, the you know, because Steelcase has been wonderful for me. I mean, I just love it. Yeah. Did they give you any of the yeah. furniture and things? Well, my daughter says to me that now works for Zscaler. So she's working in the ed tech space because they serve education. Yeah. She said, Dad, if you really want something, you got to manifest it. Yeah. So- <laughs> I love her. I, I'm, I've never been so high on her young people because oh. I look at some incredibly talented and 
positive and impactful kids today mm-hmm. that want to make a difference and really care about the environment, which has made me more sensitive about it yeah. too. We had the deck and we found a space. Originally, we were going to be in a high-rise building, but the cost of being in a high-rise building, my philosophy was let's be like a Starbucks plus. You go to Starbucks, what's frustrating? You want to have a meeting? The music's too loud. Yeah, you don't have power. You you don't have a quiet spot. So we, I visited WeWork, incubators, uh, universities, mm. high you know learning commons, new school buildings. I took fused all those ideas into one and ended up in a shopping mall <laughs> first in North America, and. So we're focused on the future work and learning. Oh, I love it. And and Steelcase came to me and said, you know that image of the classroom that you have in your PowerPoint? We're going to give I you knew the they classroom. Would. They're just so amazing. <laughs> I love and them. So, so they, we have the yeah. Steelcase classroom. Okay, you got to take a picture of it so I can put it on the blog. <laughs> they go oh, with, yeah. And you got to showcase it. And then we got to let... And link to steel cases. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're looking to expand it now. My family thought I was absolutely crazy. Three kids in business school at the time. My wife, city clerk in, in the city we're in. And they said, you want to do what? <laughs> and their kids are like, dad, mom's going to retire soon. Why don't you just give it up? Like, forget about it. <laughs> I had to sign a five-year lease on something that was never done. And I thought, you know, if I don't do this, I'm always going to wonder if I could have been successful. So we're in year five. We're in year five. Wow. And my kids all say to me, we fully supported you. We thought it was a great (laughs) idea (laughs) over time. But what I say to startups, if you solve a real problem, do your homework, solve a real problem, develop a well thought out, executable plan, back it up with funding and execute with passion. You as a founder, if you don't execute with passion, nobody else is and you will fail. Mm. So if you do all those things and you're solving a real problem, you'll be successful. Oh, Robert. That's a, that's yeah, a great so. way to end our podcast. Cause it's just exact. Is that it? Add, do you know that this is a, this is three times more than you normally do, right? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I yes. could go on and well, on. The time, the time just flew oh, by because we love each other. It's just the way it is. Yeah. When you're, and you're passionate like you are. I, you know, if there's one, if you want to share one more thing with my audience, go ahead. I will say this: that, and I address some kids that were having their uh, annual or retreat. Uh, as the school council of the school next door, because we are very involved uh, in the grassroots not-for-profit Air Mills Connects, I said to the kids, the most important thing you have is time. Time to make best use of your time to do the things you want to do that make you happy and that are going to make you successful. So embrace the time to make an impact. And... uh, I think I, I had an impact on some of them, but I'd like to think so. But you did. That's, you have, yeah. and you still yeah. do. I so, love that. That's yeah. a, I gotta, so that is going to be my quote for you at oh the top. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to be, we're going to go over that together. Because I just I'll send love you some it. pics. 
Barbara, uh, Ray, as always, uh, very honored to spend this time with you. You're awesome. You're so inspirational. You do so so much for the industry and you make such an impact on people's lives. So thank you well, for the Robert, opportunity. This has just been what I've been waiting for. It's been, you know, I, I care about you so much. So thank you so much. This is Barbara Bray. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning Podcast and my conversation with Robert Martellacci. Make sure you check out the blog post on barbarabray.net that goes with this podcast because it includes Robert's journey from hockey, the learning company, Mindshare Learning, C21 Canada, and amazing resources and more, including links to its website, newsletter, and his upcoming book on the art of networking in the digital age, inspirational learning spaces, and much more. Please subscribe to my podcast. It would be so awesome if you wrote a review. You can also subscribe to my website at barbarabray.net to receive updates, more inspirational podcasts, and a link to resources, stories, my books, and more. Thanks again for listening. Keep sharing your story. And please stay safe and be well.